Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, major sports are over now, so that means that you can bet on UFC 276. And uh, it doesn't matter who wins. As long as you're a new customer, you get that uh, you get that $100 right there. Now, joined by a man that you would not want to see against you on UFC 276, Mr. William. I don't know about that. William Brad Ellis. Brad, how you doing, buddy? I'm guessing 95% of your uh, listeners would just gas me out by running around. For like, no, 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 no. Brad, you got very broad. You got broader shoulders than I do right there. Yes, but I do not have the cardio you do right now, probably. Well, you know what? It would have to be a quick fight, but yeah. <laughs> who knows? It'd be a Tyson. It'd be a Tyson type, you know, get that first round out of the way. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got a lot to get to today. We're going to talk a ton of U of A basketball. Going to talk some recruiting, but first, uh, we haven't talked since the NBA draft, and I was a little taken aback, to be honest with you, because I was thinking about it off the top of my head uh, about a week ago, and I'm like, when was the last time Arizona had three first-round picks? And immediately, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, 98, you had Mike and Mike D, but then you didn't have Miles until the second round. Um, oh, one, obviously Gilbert was a late for, or a late, uh, excuse me, an early second round pick. RJ was the 13th pick. And then come to find out Arizona has never done that before. Elliot and AC were in the same class, but were you a little surprised by that? Did you know that? You know, I would have guessed that I didn't know that, but I would have guessed. And only because that's what Luke did. He spread those recruiting classes. And when they, did have sometimes multiple draft picks in one class, something would kind of mess it up, whether it was Walton redshirting and being coming out, what, two years later right. than RJ, or, you know, the fact that the NBA abandoned five, 10 point guards. So Gardner never even got drafted or a guy falls. You don't expect to fall. Cause frankly, I thought Lauren Woods would be a first rounder and Gilbert. I did too. Um, in fact, I think Michael Wright went higher than at least one of them, if not both. Michael of them. Wright went higher than Lauren, yeah. Yeah. So, and and Wright was the guy you thought would would slip because of his height. So it doesn't really surprise me. Um, I think maybe the one that surprised you the most that maybe Miller didn't have one. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you think about it, but again, it's how guys were spaced out because of Ashley's injury. He became a guy who didn't get drafted at all. But I think if we had thought about it. You know, if that uh, what fourteen team stays intact, maybe you're looking at, at at three guys going instead of just. I think it ended up being one, and then Nick going in the second. But right. Um. So yeah, does it surprise me? No. Um. But uh, but I could see why it would surprise people. This is gonna. This is important though. I think for Tommy Lloyd because again, he he restored Arizona basketball obviously as a top ten program, and you know. You watch how he played. You watch how they play. It was aesthetically pleasing. He's recruiting well. But, you know, a lot of his, I developed a pro, went back to Gonzaga. It's different when you can say now, even though these were Sean Miller players, and we need to be clear about that, it's different when you can say, all right, this past year, we produced two first-round picks and an early second-round pick. That's an easier thing, to, I think, to be able to sell in living rooms. Not that he needed any help, but it's just one more check mark off in a very quick year there for Tommy Lloyd. No, what I think is a bigger selling point is, A, the Arizona logo was all over draft coverage. Mm -hmm. Whether it was you know when guys were picked or that graphic showing that behind Duke, it was the G League Ignite and right. Arizona. But right. even more important, I think, for Tommy Lloyd is he can say, yeah, I, I helped Ben Mather and move up 10 spots in the draft. 
Right. But I made Dallin Terry move up a thousand spots. Dallin Terry was not on a draft board. Right. To start the year. Coloco was barely on any draft boards. If anything, you know, it was supposed to be Tabellus and and uh, and Matherin. If anybody, Matherin, of course, was the guy we all thought would go and could go. But the fact that he could say, "Yeah, I took," and not only did we take Dallin Terry, but we got Dallin Terry drafted because we were able to make him a well-rounded player. It wasn't right. the fact that he had an explosion of of points. Um, no, by playing defense and passing the basketball and rebounding, he got drafted. Uh, which is what a lot of coaches sell, uh, but not a lot of coaches are able to properly sell. You know, with the, ironically enough, the two guys who've been able to do that, Lute Olson and, and Tommy Lloyd. There's a great quote by Hassan Adams that no one heard because I wasn't supposed to hear it, but he says, what do you, got? you don't come to Arizona to score 25 points. You come to Arizona to win 25 games and make 25 million. Right, for sure. And, you know, it, it, it plays out like that. I think Lloyd could also sell, too, that he was able to get the most out of these players. Now, you know, look at it. I think you're right. Ben was going to be a first-round pick, I think, either way. But look at uh, Dalen Terry, for example. He was basically, as a freshman, he was kind of resigned to standing in the corner and watching the offense go, whereas Tommy Lloyd comes in and he's saying – Let's get up and down. Let's you you can have the ball in your hand. You can initiate some offense. And he was also asked about Christian Coloco and the, what the difference was for him. And he said, and I thought this was very apropos. He said, "We love on him. You know, he's he, and that to me is a kid that is trying hard, but you know, he needs some positive reencouragement at times instead of just the snarls. So he hit the right buttons with all these players there, William. Yeah, and I don't know if he does because Luke used to coach every kid differently. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for the. You know, he was easy on Jason Gardner, which is ironic because Gardner's such a competitor, but he was he was a jerk. Oh, if if Luke could be a jerk. Right. So Ricky right, Anderson. Yeah, you right. know, they they Salim got yelled at for what Mustafa did wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but it worked for most guys. And then when they right. didn't, they transferred. So I think there's some Lloyd in there. You know, Lloyd, uh, you know, will love on Coloco as opposed to be critical. We're gonna have a dog right here coming to say hi. Right there. Um you know, we, we we I'm guessing you know he lets Creesa be Creesa. He lets a lot of guys' individuality shine, while at the same time fitting him into this system. But the, it's not a rigid system, which I think mm -hmm. is also beneficial uh, to to these players. I think that's you know the if you really want to be critical uh, of Sean Miller, it's the fact that you know he he tried to fit you know square pegs and round holes and fit guys who didn't fit his system into a rigid system. And even when he said he was going to loosen the reins. He really didn't. He really didn't. Yeah, and that's the key. So now what do you look for next year then? Because right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, you can put in, uh, well, you're going to have to bet straight up on this one, but Arizona is this slight favorite to win the Pac-12 championship next year. And if you don't want to bet on that, Put in tw uh, five bucks, you get $100 in free plays if you bet on these UFC 276 fights, 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. What do you think about that, Brad? I'll be honest with you. I was a little I was a little surprised. I thought UCLA would be the favorite again, being that Hawkes is back, Tiger Campbell's back. You're bringing in two top 15 players. But obviously Tommy Lloyd has done something that uh, you know Vegas looks at and says that's something to ride with right there. Yeah, you know, I, I I think again you look at it, and to me, it's it's a broken record. It's it's Arizona, it's 
UCLA and it's probably Oregon. Right. You know, Oregon added well. I think U- USC will be in the conversation, but it's really a top heavy four. Um, right. You know, I think Washington will be a little better than they were, but I don't think they can compete. And I don't see anyone else really ready to compete with what they have. So, um, you know, we all know Vegas wants even money. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why you put Arizona a little ahead and you hope that, you know, you know, some people who uh, are going to maybe you can bait them into another bet or whatever. But so am I surprised? Yes. Again, am I shocked? No. But yeah, I, I, I think off the top of my head un, until I can see some of these guys perform in the preseason, my guess would be you'd put Arizona second or third. Right. All right. Now let's talk a little in-state recruiting here because I thought it was cool during draft night. And this is the first time it's ever happened. You had three native Phoenicians, not uh, prep school kids. I mean, they went to prep schools, but kids that were born and raised in Phoenix from Ty Ty Washington to Dalen Terry to Jalen Williams. I've been saying it for quite a while now that the Valley is getting a lot better talent right there. And Arizona, it would behoove them to be able to keep it in there. Now they just offered Cody Williams, uh, Jalen Williams' brother, Koa Pete's on there, Dylan Anderson. But this has changed a lot, Brad, from where when you were covering it very closely in the 90s, early 2000s, to where every three years there was an RJ or a Bibby or a Bayless. Now there's a guy pretty much every year that's coming out of there. It just depends on if you want to prioritize him or not. You know, yeah, and, and what we have seen is we we see this West Coast where these hotbeds pop up every few years. Mm-hmm. And I know for a while you could go and track it to industry coming into town. So what happened, young families came into town 18 years later, 15 years. You know, it was, uh, it was the tech boom uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Right. And then you had that run of Washington recruits. Uh, you could even go back to when I think Boeing added more jobs there. In Seattle. You know, uh, Seattle. And right. then there was the Portland Renaissance for a while. And then Phoenix got real big for a while. Remember, we had that stretch run where Phoenix produced Fry and 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 Bibby and and you know, it, it was even Dyson, the Fontenot brothers and yeah, and, and even really through Nick and those guys, and then it kind of tailed off a little. Mm-hmm. Um and, and now again you're having another spike, and I'm guessing we're gonna see Phoenix have a little run here. Now having the prep schools there helps. Um, having better basketball schools there help. But frankly, I guess having better athletics in the state of Arizona. You know, right. the commitment, even the commitments like Hamilton and Chandler have made to football, um, you know, girl sports, uh, Olympic sports. But, you know, we're going to see that. Where it, it will probably, you'll see two or three year runs and then it, it will be Portland next. So it'll be, you know, Vegas had their run uh, with the Zimmerman and Collins and, and all those guys. So, uh, I'm not surprised now. Yeah, Ar- that gives Arizona a leg up because Tucson is far enough away uh, that kids can get away, but mm-hmm. not so far away that they're a- away from home. But so many of these guys are used to spending summers away. So I don't think it's as big a deal. Plus, you can watch all the games on the Internet and you can FaceTime with mom and dad. But you have to give them a reason. But I think more more beneficial is it's so easy to make an unofficial. Right. You know, how many times was, was Dale and Terry down? To Tucson, Seems all like the every time. other week, right? Uh, you know, Anderson's been down forty times. Um, so yeah, so it was a huge benefit. And again, it is prioritizing these kids. You know, you've seen the kids Arizona has 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 gotten, and but yeah, you know, they missed Williams. They missed uh, who was the kid who went to Marquette a few years ago? Uh, Marcus Howard. Uh, and then what? The Saban kid? Is it Saban, Saban who Lee? Went to, mm-hmm. who, who went to? Who's Vanderbilt. in the NBA now? Yeah, yeah. Who's in the NBA? And and that was uh, I don't know if that was a miss because I don't know if any of us thought he was that good. 
But, you know, those guys are there, and Arizona has not always gone after them. But if you, again, look at the history of Arizona basketball since about 1988, they have gotten the majority of the kids from Phoenix that they have wanted. Or from the state of Arizona that they have wanted. And I think that will continue to be the trend. You know, obviously, when, when te- uh, you know, Carolina and Duke and Kentucky come, that is something you're going to have to compete with. But right. it's a lot easier to compete with those guys than it is for, say, Arizona football to compete with Texas and Alabama and, you know, right. Notre Dame for, for right. those same types of talent. What do you think about Cody Williams? Obviously, again, just to reset, uh, Gilbert Perry, uh, Dylan Anderson's uh, teammate, six foot six, uh, top fifty recruit. His brother just went in the first round, just got an Arizona offer, and as we know, Tommy Lloyd is very, um, very picky about who he offers. What did you think about that? You know, again, I, I haven't seen him in person. I didn't have the benefit of going to the the Super Seven or whatever that thing. I think it looked awesome. Too, I got to way. sit next to Bruce Pasco the whole time and bother Bruce. See, what was funny is I've sat by Bruce at a couple of those events and he bothered me because it was back pre as much where you could like watch video on all the guys and, and things like that. Um, so there's a lot of questions for me. And then I would pick his brain about the current team. So, yeah, sitting by Bruce is always a good time. Uh, you know, but I like what I, little I've seen of Cody Williams. I, I'm at the point now until he proves me wrong that I trust the evaluations of this staff. So if they're, if they're telling me Cody Williams is worth a scholarship offer, I also think, you know, I, and I do wonder, um, cause I've always, you know, I think we all have thought, well, how would I handle recruiting if I was the coach? Right. And yes, not only do you offer the guys who are good enough, but you also have to offer the guys you think you can get. Right. Um, so my guess is, so maybe Cody Williams is an eight and a half talent wise, but he's a nine and a half. We can get the guy. So that balances out to a nine. You know what? I don't know. But my guess is all indications are Williams is going to be, Arizona's going to be in it to the end with the kid as right. long as they want him. So I think that helps, you know, again, you take a guy who is capable and likes you, then suddenly he he's, he's your guy. And if that's the case, uh, you know, again, when you throw him in with those talented guards and, and, and you know, with a sophomore Dylan Anderson, Uh, He becomes a very intriguing recruit. And what's fascinating to me about a guy like that always is, first of all, do you check off the boxes on the court? But then it becomes incredibly intriguing for me when, okay, you've also got a brother that's in the NBA. You come from a really good family. So that means that I don't need to necessarily worry about other stuff. However good you're going to be is probably how good you're going to be here, which, and we've seen this, we saw this a ton towards the end of the Miller era where you got guys that came in here, but for a variety of reasons, sometimes not the coach's fault, weren't really interested in maximizing their potential. So if you get a kid like that, those are generally guys that you can win with. With the exception of Andre, guys who have older brothers who played at a high level have tended to be good players and teammates. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at Gabe York. You look at, you know, that's the the obvious one. There's been a few others. Um you know, and, and dads as well. You know, mm-hmm. Ricky Anderson knew what to expect because his dad played for Lute. Right. You know, Luke Walton. Luke Walton. Knew what to expect because not only did his dad, but all his brothers played uh, D1 basketball. And I know I'm forgetting a few other, you know, uh, Nick Johnson came from a, a, a triple a basketball. A very good family. basketball program, right? Um, family. You know, and even Andre understood what it good... took to be a pro. He didn't understand what it meant to be a good teammate, but you know, his brother was a pretty darn good basketball player too on the East coast. You know, Rondé, I believe his brother also played. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the, 
yeah, all those guys were willing to accept roles that might not have been the most favorable thing. So, yeah, I think that you when you add that to Cody Williams and, you know, again, money shouldn't be an issue because his, his brother is going to be getting paid. Um, work ethic shouldn't be an issue because he's seen his brother maximize his talent to go pro. All indications that it's a good family. So, yeah, I, I like that fit for Arizona. Now, what do you, uh, Sean Seeley, a fellow Saguaro great, a uh, grad of, I think, 97, if I'm not mistaken, um, just asked, uh, what do you expect from Dylan Anderson? We haven't talked about him much. Uh, um, immediately and then big picture, what do you think there, William? You know, I'm thinking this year he's the fourth big. Mm-hmm. Um, spot minutes, uh, foul trouble guy who comes in. Um, frankly, I think... A, he could end up being a lot like who was the guy from Sabino a couple years ago? Korchek. Um, Matt Korchek. Yeah. That kind of role. Right. Know, first year, happy to be there. Right. Uh, but I like his upside. And again, mm-hmm. a lot of it's going to be work ethic ability to put on weight. He already looks like he's put on some muscle. Um, I, you know, frankly, again, I'm going to default to what I saw out of guys who made Omar Balo better and better in front of our eyes, made Christian Coloco better. Um, I, I think he's, yeah, going to grow and develop and, and, and become a, you know, is he an NBA guy? I don't know. He, he seems pretty athletic, but is he a three, four year contributor? Absolutely. Gilbert Perry is fascinating because I can't remember the last time and maybe honestly, sorry, Sean, 96. Um, I can't remember the last time a public school. And I guess you could, we can count St. Mary's here where you had the twins and then you had fry, but I can't remember a time where you had a school like Gilbert Perry that has Dylan Anderson, Arizona commit. Then you have Cody Williams, a guy with an Arizona offer. Then you've got the grand prize of Amal Koa Pete, from, uh, who's uh, going to be a sophomore, who's one of the five best players in his class. As far as public schools go, I can't remember that, William. I mean, the last one I can think of, and I'm sure I'm missing some, was was Shadow Mountain in about 95. Right. right. Where, they had, where they had Bibby and they had Brian Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, I think Green. They, Nick Green, Nick Green, Brian. Yeah. Um, and I think they, I think they end up having one other guy who played, you know, lower D one ball on that team, but you don't, yeah, you don't see it a lot. And, and frankly, one of the reasons you don't see it is guys tend to, to, to jump. Right. Uh, you know, you have your Nick Johnson, you decide to go play your final year. I remember one. I remember one, Brad, the Deer Valley team. This is back when you were still on the daily beat where you had uh, Lawrence Hill, Joey Shaw, and Christian Polk. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Arizona, Arizona didn't wind up with any of or no, right. nor, nor do they really, really. Nor do they really want him. They want, you know, Hill was the only guy they looked at, but then I forget who they ended up getting instead of Hill. Because I remember that was right after my website split with another website and they were mm-hmm. all buddy buddies with those guys. Right. And I'd get the, why aren't we taking, why are we recruiting Hansbro when we could have Hill? Why are we recruiting Josh McRoberts when we could have Hill? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there you go. Because they're better. Because they're better uh, basketball players. Yeah. Now, yeah. But let's... yeah, you're right. That school was, yeah, that was, that was, and that was a fun, those were fun players to watch. Okay. Now let's move over to Arizona football. I'm looking at the schedule here, William. I'm looking at the Pac 12 South. Arizona right now is looked at as having two and a half wins on the season. I like the over. If I were to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, I'd like the over on that, but I'd also like to put down five bucks if I'm a new customer on these UFC 276 fights, code word PHNX. But Brad, if you were to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, 
initially, do you like the over of two and a half wins next year? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know by much, but I do. Yeah. All right. And then, so I'm looking at the South. Obviously, USC and Utah, probably not going to beat them, um, especially USC. Now you've got a real coach in there for the first time. You've had a tr- uh, a huge transfusion of or transfusion of talent, a huge infusion of talent. And so they're probably not going to be able to be topped. But I think ASU is going to suck. Colorado does nothing for me. And UCLA is beatable. So though, right now, I think Arizona could be mid-level in the Pac-12 South. You know, yeah, I think a lot of it is we just don't know how good UCLA is going to be, and we don't know. You know. I see a lot of people still picking ASU third, and I don't get it. I don't get it at all either. I don't see a whole lot of a lot of a lot of talent there. Um, but you know, it's to me, it's it's those other games on the schedule. I mean, I think there's to me there's like five or six toss up games, right? And Arizona's got to be on the right side of about half. You know, I think at San Diego State, I think North Dakota State, I think at Cal, I think Colorado. Washington. I mean, if you can, you've got a chance to come out pretty strong. And if you can, and it's cliche, but it's absolutely true. You have to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year they just didn't know how to put games away. I mean, how many games were they in? Uh, you know, and, and ironically enough, I think it was only because Cal didn't have enough players who knew how to win right. left on that roster. But Arizona should have beat Utah. Mm-hmm. Arizona could have beat UCLA had uh had, had uh, Jordan not gone down, McLeod. Um, you know, they, they were trading punches with ASU for a while. And then unfortunately you can only go so far with, uh, with, with young Mr. Plummer and, and the rest of that team. But, you know, if you can, I think, you know, I think there's a realistic possibility. They can go two and one in the, pre, uh, you know, non-conference out. They could also go zero and three. Don't get me right. wrong. Right. Um, in which case you're not hitting the over, but you know, San Diego state does not look as good as they were last year. North Dakota State at the end of the day, and I know they're really good. And Arizona lost to NAU last year. One, you're going to have Arizona's attention that week, right? Um, but you know that's a team again, as good as they are. When those one double A teams, and I know the B, whatever BCS. Or B, oh, I know what you're talking about. But when they win, they don't win going halfway across the country. Right. South Dakota State goes what? four hours to Kansas or to Iowa or something. Or to, right? uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Northern Iowa goes to Iowa or Iowa state. Um, you know, Jackson state drives down the road to, to Florida. These guys are going to come across the country. It's going to be a hot night uh, con- conceivably. Um, so yeah. And, you know, and then even Mississippi state, does Mississippi state probably have more talent? Absolutely. But one, you've got an SEC team coming West. They don't do well. Look at right. LSU last year. Look at LSU going to, to ASU a few years ago. Um, and Mike Leach teams can implode from time, yeah, but they can they also really drop can. 70 on Arizona. And, and and so again, I don't count Arizona out in any of those games. I also don't know if they're going to be favorite in any of those games. I think they'll probably be a favorite against uh, North Dakota state, but I think it's going to be don't, a single definitely. score. Doesn't it matter, though? I mean, obviously it does. But doesn't it matter to a great extent, though, that unlike having Gunnar Cruz, who Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer were both very different quarterbacks. I think Will Plummer was more effective, but neither were good, obviously. But Gunnar Cruz really didn't want to throw the ball. So basically, it was a two-yard pass or it was a 50-yard launch out of bounds, whereas the game always just looked a little too fast for Will Plummer. And Arizona was able to be in a lot of these games. You add the Pac-12 freshman of the year in Delora. You've got a guy that can make plays. 
that to me should mean something. And I think if you were to put Delore on the team last year, they'd probably win three or four games. Well, just look at the 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 small stretch they had with a, a healthy Jordan McLeod. Right. They gave Oregon fits, and that was with McLeod throwing five picks in the red zone. What four right. in the red zone? Yeah. And that was still a one score game midway through the fourth. Uh, you look at the UCLA game where Arizona was in it. I mean, they were, they were, I think within a single score when he went down with the injury. Um, and then just look at the continued evolution of Plummer. Plummer again, could not beat NAU. Right. But almost beat Utah. Right. Um, played, again, yeah. I don't think Plummer's a very good quarterback. I didn't think he was a very good quarterback coming out of high school. I didn't get that one. But and I don't mean to be mean to, to Will Plummer, but he does not look like a very good quarterback to me. And he was serviceable by the end of the year on a bad, bad football team. Um, so yes, if Delora is even the guy he was last year, this is a team that is now capable of winning football games. And again, I don't know if Jed Fish can coach or not. I have no idea. I liked what I saw post. NAU, basically. I mean, right. going into Oregon. They yeah, they looked better. They looked more competent. And I know people say, well, what about... Again, you can only call the plays that your team can execute. We don't know what was checked down, checked out of. Uh, we don't know what's in the playbook that you could not run. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a great example. Uh, Andy Reid ran good offenses with Alex Smith. Right. He's run record-breaking offenses with that. Sure. Well put. Well Andy Reid's not a different coach. You can't run a uh, bootleg, uh, throw it sideways pass with 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 Captain Checkdown, uh, right. Alex Smith. So again, I don't know. Again, Jed Fish could be an awful game day coach. We just don't know. But I'm not going to write him off because they were awful against NAU right. in week two of a rebuilding project with Gunner Cruz and Will Plummer. Yep. Before, all right, so before we sign off here, William, you like the over two and a half, correct? I do. Okay, and you would put Arizona probably without doing a ton of uh, detailed research in basketball, you'd probably put them about third going into next year. Second, second or third. Second or third. Second or third. All right, Brad. Now, fill the people in. What are you up to? When's your next podcast? For, uh, That's a good question. Kids are home right now, so getting these quiet times, as you could probably hear the Taco Bell bag rattling oh, all throughout sure. the – There's nothing wrong with that either. All throughout the uh, podcast, and, and uh, my daughter was actually very good trying to shush the dogs away from me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to try and get one or two a week done. Um, got some things coming up that will give me a little more time to record uh, moving forward. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's, that's my goal two a week. And then I'd really like to get once preseason really starts, get to about three a week, uh, do a lot, obviously a lot of U of A stuff. I know guys like Sean, like the little, the music talk, there'll be some plenty of horrible father talk, uh, as well as, uh, spending a lot of time with the kids right now. Right. All right, everybody. We all appreciate you. Obviously. Uh, let's see, John, Sean, Kobe, or uh, excuse me, Daniel feel right there. Everybody on there, Brad, you're the best. We'll be back with you next week. Follow Brad on Twitter at WSR Brad, or you can follow me at Iron Mike Luke, or you can follow both of us at the same time. Brad, you're the best, dude. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you later, man. All right. See you guys later. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.